Welcome to the very first episode of Be a Bigger Fish. is a podcast that explores the power of podcasting to grow your business or your community. I'm really excited to be launching this podcast as I've already learned so much from the fabulous people who've agreed to share their experiences with me so far. I've also got loads of people to be grateful to for helping me to get this show on the road, but I'll come back to thank them at the end of the podcast. For now, I really want to focus on my first guest, and that's Jessica Fernley. Jessica was the first person to respond to my request for guests, and what an amazing first guest she is. Her personal story is truly inspiring, and she shared such a lot of experience and wisdom about both podcasting and growing her business that it's a truly brilliant start for Be A Bigger Fish. So thank you very much, Jessica. And let's get into the podcast conversation. Okay, so I'm really excited to welcome Jessica Fernley today. Jessica, welcome. Thank you for having me, Debbie. It's absolutely lovely to be with you. Oh, thank you. So Jessica is a business coach and she specialises in promoting work-life balance alongside business growth. So she helps female entrepreneurs to win back more of their time effortlessly make more money and work with better clients, which sounds fantastic, um, and all while reducing their stress levels um, and increasing their quality of life, which is really so important. So that's fantastic. Jessica is also a podcaster, so she's perfect for what I'm talking about today um, in this podcast. So Jessica, would you like to say hello and tell us a bit more about you and about your business? Sure. So, um, yeah, like you said, um, I've, I've always been really passionate about having work-life balance and business growth because so often it feels like you can have one or the other, but I'm really like a, I want it all type person. And so I really want that for my clients as well. And I, I really do believe and have experienced in my own business that you can, you can build a business and also have a lifestyle and a, a pace of life that just really works. So my background is that I had chronic illness for quite a long time. I went through burnout um, eight or nine years ago. And so I really know what it feels like to try and do life in a way that is just a bit overwhelming and a bit too much. Mm. And so that's been something that since I set up my own business nearly four years ago, um, I've just been really passionate about making sure that I'm always feeling like I'm doing well and I'm not feeling like it's all too much and it's really overwhelming. Um, but when I'm not doing my business and working with clients, I'm a wife, I'm a mum, I have two boys who are one and four and my four-year-old has just started school. My one-year-old oh. has just started walking. So it's oh. all chaos in our house pretty much all the time. <laughs> Lots of noise, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. Um, so yeah, the, you know, they say the juggle is real, don't they? When you've got kids in a business and it's all happening at once. And there's lots in my schedule that I'm always balancing and just making sure that it's all working and it's all going the way that I want to really. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, absolutely. That resonates with me so much as a, as a working mum running a business too. I, I totally, I totally hear where you're coming from. And I think it's fantastic that you focus on that, you know, real work-life balance and, and getting the most out, of, most out of life and, you know, enjoying those years while your children are young, you know, rather than you know, trying to you know race through them. So yeah, that's Definitely. super. 
Super, thank you. Um, well, I'm really thrilled to be speaking to you as my first guest, particularly um, because when you responded, when we were first talking about the, the the podcast, you were really positive about your own podcast and the and the positive effect that's had for you. So, I'm intrigued. Tell us what gave you the inspiration to start podcasting. Um, so, so my podcast is called the Business Club for Grown Ups podcast, and. I had a conversation with my husband earlier in the year and you know like I said I've been in this business now for nearly four years so my husband is used to me being like oh I've had an amazing idea I'm gonna <laughs> set up a membership program I'm gonna write a book all these things and he's a bit like oh for goodness sake so I said to him do you know what I think at some point this year it's just becoming increasingly clear to me that I should start a podcast and his face was just like really are we really doing this? Um, because he's used to me and my big ideas and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I think really, I, I I knew that I wanted to reach a bigger audience of women because I have a really strong message with my business. I'm really passionate about the work that I do. And I really wanted to be able to help more people with it. So um, I started off probably about a year ago, um, working working out ways that I could be a guest on other people's podcasts and right. I I was really nervous at first and I was just like my gosh this is the most terrifying thing um but after probably five or six I was like actually I really enjoy this and I really like podcasting because um I've always really liked kind of doing Facebook live and things like that in my video but I find it really really tiring um and it's just that kind of pressure you know if you are quite tired because you've had a very sleepless night with one child or other then then you have to hop on Facebook live in the morning like concealer everywhere trying to look like you're not <laughs> tired when you're shattered and I, I yeah. love the audio it's just a bit more forgiving and so <laughs> it doesn't matter so much kind of what you look like what you're wearing and um, you can you can just be really comfortable you can podcast in your pajamas if you want to I think I also had a feeling of like I'd like to do more of the talking <laughs> you know I, I really love being a guest on other people's podcasts and it's, it's such a like a privilege to have people want to talk to you and hear what you have to say um, but I just thought you know I really enjoy this and is there a way to bring that into my business and and start something so earlier this year I think it was probably April not very much thought went into it in the end I just thought right let's just let's just do the podcast like let's just try it because that's been something that I've learned in my business just if you have an idea don't sit on it for two years just do it now because you'll learn so much just through the the process of starting it so I think I launched my podcast in June having not really put loads of thought into how often I wanted to do episodes or you know really how it was going to work I think I felt I wanted to do quite a few solo episodes because I just had that feeling of like I've got I've got a message I want to share and I don't want to sort of use guests because I'm frightened to like of the sound of my own voice really so I just thought let's just let's just put some stuff out there and see how it goes and you know I really didn't know how it would go I really didn't know what the sort of experience of doing it would be if it would work for me but I didn't worry about any of that stuff I just thought let's just let's just do a few episodes and test out see how the content's going down see what we want to do and I've been amazed with how much it's it's grown how much I've liked it but how much it's really helped my audience come forward I've started getting messages now from people who are like oh I listened to this episode of your podcast I just really loved it so yeah. The experience of doing it has been so, so positive. It's been something that's almost taken me by surprise a little bit, I think. Fantastic. And I, I hear the enthusiasm in your voice when you're, when you're describing it, um, which is super. I love that message that you shared about, you know, if you have an idea, don't sit on it, just bring it to life. It takes a lot of courage to do that. Did you feel like you were um, making yourself vulnerable when you first started podcasting? I think so. But I think... 
I think the vulnerability sort of started like when I started my business. And so I don't know if I could have done it as, as quickly um, if I'd have tried to do it first, say like sort of three or four years ago when I was brand new to business, everything terrified me at that point. And, you know, trying to learn how to do like an opt-in and build an email list. I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and people say, you know, post in Facebook groups and you're like, I, I just can't do that. But I think because I've been doing that now for several years and I'm just used to putting myself out there in a way. And, and you know, visibility is always scary. It never really changes. And I think after a while, you just come to accept that and you're like, I do feel a bit vulnerable, but this is how it feels and that's okay. I yeah. think the hard thing for me was probably just over a year ago when I started telling my personal story of having gone through burnout. That like I can't believe it was only such a short time ago. I told it to my coaching group, I think September 2017. And I was so terrified to tell them because, you know, I'd, I'd gone through this whole period of my life where I'd had to stop my full time job and mm -hmm. I'd taken voluntary redundancy because of my health, just not really allowing me to keep working. And during that time, mentally, sort of with mental health issues, I was I was not really OK. I had a lot of anxiety and depression, but yeah, I felt so ashamed of it. I think at the time that it happened, that I never really talked about it loads. I had a lot of support from family and friends and I had a therapist who really, really helped me mm. but in terms of building that into my narrative of who I am as a person, what I'm doing in my business. I'd, I'd hinted at it before. And that's something I see people do loads, you know, and yeah. they, they've got a strong story to tell, but they're not really ready to tell it. So they sort of talk around the story. And so for me, I think, starting to verbalize that experience of burnout, which even at the time that I went through, it, I didn't have the word burnout in my vocabulary. Yeah. That's only been something that subsequently I've looked back and been like, ah, oh, that's what happened to me. Okay. And so the story for me is sort of pieced together as I've, as I've recovered and as life has just sort of carried on. Now I can look back and talk about it really comfortably. But I think the first few times that I did that, and you know, that was part of going on podcasts and being interviewed by people. I was being interviewed about my experience of burnout. I was very, very vulnerable at that stage. But I think the fact that I'd been a guest on other people's and sort of ripped the plaster off a little bit with that meant that when I did my own, I was telling a story that I was like, oh yeah, I talk about this all the time. And because I've been able to test out that story, I knew that the, the response to it had been quite positive, which had been very therapeutic for me as a person anyway. I think when you've been through something big and people just go, do you know, I loved it when you talked about that. I think that really helps you with the vulnerability. You're completely right. When you, when you do something like that for the first time and you're just like, I don't really know how it's going to go down. It's very overwhelming. It's very scary. And you can just feel very exposed, I think, when you, when you just press send and you're like, right, it's done now. Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I recognize that feeling so well. Um, but it is really courageous. And it's a, a super thing when people tell their personal story and, and you tell it. And I listened to that podcast. I thought it was really inspiring. Oh, thank you. And you tell it in a really straightforward way, which I think is great. It makes that accessible to other people to understand what they're going through, which is, you know, such a benefit. So mm. I think that's super. You mentioned that you were a guest on other people's podcasts before you started your own series. Would you think that's a good tactic to kind of warm up to starting your own podcast? I think definitely, because um, there are so many podcasts out there that actually you don't have to go on a really high profile one. You can actually go on quite a small podcast of someone who's just starting out themselves and mm. um, where you're both learning together what you're doing. And it just gets you used to audio. It gets you used to how the recording works. But then you don't have any of the stress of like, oh, gosh, how do I save this? Because, you know, when you interview someone, aren't you just like, what if yeah. it doesn't record? <laughs> what if the sound doesn't work? And there's all these things that actually it's really nice to be able to just turn up speak 
you know, have the interview and enjoy it and then disappear. And you're not really responsible for any of the like behind the scenes stuff. Um, I, you know, it's always helpful for the person who owns the podcast if you can do what you, you say you will and promote it to your audience and that kind of thing. But I think there's, there's not a load of tech behind the scenes, but there's enough that I think if that was the first thing you were ever doing and you'd never heard, like you'd never heard yourself on a podcast before, I think I can imagine that that would feel very intense in terms of like, I'm learning all this technical stuff and now it's me presenting. Yeah. And oh my gosh. So I think whatever works for, for you really, but looking back, I mean, it wasn't really something, if you'd have asked me this time last year, I don't think I would have ever said, oh yeah, I'll probably have a podcast this time next year. But um, I think that was just a way of me just sort of dipping my toe in and realizing wow, I love podcasting. It's so much fun. Um, so yeah, that was a really helpful thing for me. Yeah, that sounds like really good advice, actually. When you decided to, to set up your own podcast, what were you hoping to achieve from it? I don't know, really, which is silly, isn't it? Because um, <laughs> part of what I do is business strategy with people. And I would say, you know, if you're going to do these things, make sure you do your research and all this stuff. But I think because there are so many things in our businesses that we can just invest a lot in emotionally. And I've, because I've been in business for a while, I'm just so used to like, Oh, here's something that like could be an idea. It could be fun to write a book. It could be fun to start a podcast. It could be fun to do an opt-in. And like, sometimes we, we get really invested in these things emotionally mm. and then we do them and then they don't deliver what we're hoping. So I think I just thought, I think I'm just going to try podcasting, see if I like it, see if it works, see if it's sustainable and I can actually commit to episodes and that kind of thing but at the same time I'd really like it to be a way of engaging with a wider audience really energizing my existing audience because I think one thing I've really noticed this year is that email marketing it's it used to be the thing that everyone just talked about all the time and I just I don't really find it very helpful in my business I'm, I'm starting to like really think about do I really want to invest in it at all? Is it actually anything that's any use? Mm. Um, because there are just so, so many emails that people get. And I find my own email inbox overwhelming. And I often forget to reply to stuff just because the sheer number of stuff that's arriving every day. So I think I just felt like I'm, I'm just not going to get too invested to any outcome. I hope that it will be something that really helps me to get my story out there a bit more. I hope it's something that really builds the relationship with people and just helps me feel like I'm, I'm making connections with people that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And on, from that point of view, it's been completely successful. And it's, it's just, it's been something that it just really helps you to have that kind of quite personal conversation with someone, because when someone listens to a podcast, more often than not, they're on their own. Quite often they're listening to it on their headphones. Um, like there's just something quite intimate about it actually, where you can be quite confessional and, and tell them things that have really happened and how you really felt about it in a way that's helpful and relevant to your, your overall message. But I've, I've just found it very, very helpful for reaching people who I really want to work with. And it's, it's almost, I think in every case in the last maybe three months, people who've come forward to work with me have said, and by the way, I love your podcast. I've listened to every episode. And people don't do that about emails and people don't do that about blog posts. So there's something for me quite special um, with my audience particularly about just how it all works. Yeah, I'm really um, happy that you use that word connection because when we first started speaking, that's how you first described your podcast that you felt that you were really connecting. And I'm quite interested in that in that connection that seems to form through the medium of podcasting. Do you feel that generating that kind of connection helps people to find better clients? I, I do actually, because I think 
whenever whenever you're finding clients for your business it's always a case of relationships and I think we try and make it quite mechanical and we go oh I, I do a five email sequence and then everyone will come forward and we forget sometimes that the people who give a lot of that email marketing advice they have got followings of like a hundred thousand people so of course for them like you know how they structure a sentence has quite a big impact and they can measure in quite a tangible way oh yeah you know test a worked like this and test b worked with this so we've split tested let's go with that um whereas for people who you know have less than 500 people on their list um, at the moment in my business i'm i'm honestly making more money than i ever have in my business my business plan for next year is 100k without even really trying um, and that wasn't a case of i really want to get to 100k that was just let's map out the clients i'd like to get into these programs based on how things have been going in the last few months and that's sort of been the result but I honestly, the number of people on my email list is about 148, which because I deleted everyone um, with GDPR because I was a bit fed up with my email list anyway, because I felt like it was very stale. People weren't really connecting. Um, that's why I think I'm so passionate about it, because I just feel like everyone says you've got to have a big list in order to make money. And I'm actually finding I have the smallest email list I've ever had and my business is doing better than it ever has. So I think it's always healthy to like take some of these rules that everyone knows about and you've got to follow them and just go, you just made that up because you wanted to have a formula you could sell to people. Like I can do what I like. I don't need to follow your rules. Yeah. And that's what I'm really finding with podcasting, it's, it's really starting the conversation with women who I want to work with. Um, they're coming forward to me. I'm not having to go out and chase them and be like, oh, can I send you my opt-in? It's all about kind of just putting out something that, that really resonates with people. And I'm doing it from a very authentic place. And I, I'm quite comfortable being quite vulnerable on my podcast because I'm telling stories that I'm happy to tell. I'm telling them in a way that I hope is relevant to my audience. Yeah. And I'm, I'm finding that it really is building the relationship in quite a way because people don't have to download an opt-in and read a load of stuff and get you know emails sent to their inbox. My podcast is there. And increasingly, I am finding that people who come forward and want to work with me, they've already listened to every episode of the podcast. And that's kind of, that's, you know, at least six to eight hours of their time. But they've been able to do that without me getting involved and getting in their face and being like, do you want to work with me? Do you want to set up a discovery call? Yeah. So it takes out that element of kind of, I can sort of leave them to it a little bit and they can come to me under their own steam and, and do it at their own pace. If they just want to listen to one episode of Fortnite and just see how it goes and they can do that. But it's, it just doesn't, it means that I don't have to sort of try and force things or rush them onto the next stage before they're really ready. So from that point of view, I found it, it's really interesting because that wasn't really what I expected to, to find with podcasting, but that really has been the result, even in such a short space of time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's brilliant. And I, I think it's lovely to feel that you can build a business based on relationships and based on that connection rather than, as you say, on a mechanical process that, you know. Yeah, because I think all businesses, all relationships, and particularly, I think it depends on the service that you have, but we work with people that we like and who like us and who respect us. And particularly, I don't know if it's a feminine thing because um, I, I work with exclusively women now and the online space for business is quite feminine um certainly in the circles that i move in and I, I i feel like there is something there that's relational rather than kind of always cold calculated like if you put this much money in you get that much money out there's always got to be an element of that because it's business it's not friendship but at the same time it's important that people feel respected by someone who's going to work with them and i think i found that it just really nicely opens the conversation because I've been happy to go there first, I guess, with my, my podcast episode and say, this is a story of how my life went really wrong. And then this is how I've sort of recovered and how I've gone on and tried to fix things, I guess. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. And it really gives people some insight into you and how you think. And then that will help them to make a decision whether that's you know the kind of way they want to work too. So, you know. Definitely. I think particularly because what I'm talking about is, is burnout mm. often. And so that, you know, I know for myself, I was deeply ashamed of the fact that that had happened to me. And so I think for my audience, that's been really helpful with the podcast because they don't have to, you know, sign up for anything or be like, I've gone through burnout and I feel really bad about it. But if they have had a similar experience, then just knowing that I already get that. Um, I, I, and I think that is something that is quite relational. Mm. I often find if you've been through like depression or anxiety or something like that, if you talk to someone else, even without them saying anything, you can often think, do you know what? I think that they've had a similar experience to me just because of the way that they're holding themselves and the things that they're saying. And so, you know, that's just an aspect of my work that is deeply relational. So I think yeah. the podcast in the way that I've set it up has been really unintentionally helpful in actually setting up that dynamic in a really helpful way for my clients. Yeah. So let's think about when you first started out with the podcast. Did you find that you had to invest a lot in kit or was it quite straightforward? It was up? really straightforward um, because I think I wanted it to be. And I just, you know, I, I don't believe with stuff like this that you should invest a ton of money and time and stress and be like, it's got to be perfect. Everything has got to be perfect. My podcast is so scrappy. Um, you know, I heard someone say, you know, you need to have a voiceover artist do your introduction. And I was like, no, you don't. I, I'm going to do my own. So I recorded it myself, you know, and it was fun because um, you can you can develop your kind of radio voice, can't you? So yes talk in a very voice like this and make it sound like radio four <laughs> and you can do all of those things but the things that I invested in were um, a blue yeti microphone right. and I did a lot of research before I bought it because I know everyone goes you need a blue yeti and I was like I don't want to just do the thing that everyone's doing because there's been so many examples of things where everyone goes you have to do this it's just everyone has this kit and then you find out that's actually really rubbish and I was like oh shut up I'm gonna do it my way but I did I did some research and the Blue Yeti was one of the microphones that came out the top. And so I was just like, I'm just going to do it. So I think that was £100 um, to buy that. Um, since then, I've bought a pop filter because I breathe a lot when I talk, apparently. And <laughs> I was having to edit out a lot of my kind of breathing sounds and stuff like that. So I was like, I'll just get a pop filter. It'll probably be easier. I needed to get like a Libsyn subscription, which is literally like 5 or $7 a month. And I already had, I, I use um, Filmora, which is like a video editing piece of software, but you can use it for audio as well. Okay. And I know that everyone says you should use GarageBand because we're all on Macs. But um, I do, I do. When I do a solo episode, I record it on GarageBand and I edit it on Filmora because I just I like Filmora and I use it for everything else. So it just made sense. Right. But um, I I wanted to just keep it very simple, keep it very low key, keep it under control and not overthink it too much. Cause I was like, if this is going to be something that totally tanks and that people just hate me and they're like, they hear my episodes and they're like, you are an idiot. <laughs> I just, I wanted to be something that I could just move on from without feeling really like, Oh no, but I've just, I've spent so much money. And I think be so good at making things complicated when they don't need to be. So yeah, I took quite a, a simple view to it, but I could already um, do audio editing because of a really random um, episode when I was at uni where I just, I used to do the audio editing for the university radio station for their news team. Right. I was like the worst producer ever, by the way. <laughs> this talent for pressing the wrong button at the wrong time and playing completely the wrong track. But um, it did teach me to audio edit. Um, so I've, I've been able to do that myself until quite recently when my poor VA team, <laughs> they've just been like, you've got to stop doing that yourself. It's driving everyone insane. Mm. So I've now handed it over to them and I'm finding new ways to 
be stressful to them and that kind of thing. But um, <laughs> you don't you don't have to outsource these things. You don't have to get everything done professionally. You can actually hold it together with sellotape in the background while you're just working out whether it's going to work and whether you want to do it. Yeah, that's quite a brave thing to do to hand over the editing as well. How did you find that? I, do you know what? I really, I did feel very vulnerable about that because it just so happened that the first episode that I got them to edit was one where I did a, an interview, but I was so tired. I did it over the summer and um, I had no childcare this summer because our nursery had to close down because they lost their building. And so I had my two kids at home with me. And so I was doing kids stuff all day and then doing all of my work in the evenings, which is not how I like to work at all. And I just remember this one interview I did with a really good friend, actually. So I was like, I, I'm, I just know I'm not myself today and I'm sorry and I'm so glad it's you because at least you know that I'm not like this all the time but I really couldn't get out any words and I couldn't finish any sentences and I just felt like I was a right train wreck um so sending that to my team and being like I know yeah. this is going to be awful just do what you can with it <laughs> but I think even it's funny when I do interviews with people even on my own podcast we often do it in one take and there's no issues when I record on my own it takes me like a thousand hours to just get it done sometimes because I mess up so much and I can't talk in a straight line and I pause for no reason and I breathe too much and all this stuff so my own my own episodes have taken a lot of very time-consuming editing that I have stupidly been doing myself for a long time um, whereas I think the more I do them the more I'm learning to speak better and if you make a mistake, then you go back to the start of the sentence or the start of the section and just redo it rather than having to like cut out all the little fragments yes, and, and that kind of thing. So I think it's, that has been something that I, I think I was more embarrassed to show them how, how unfiltered it really was um, in, in the original recording um, than I was to sort of release the edited version out into the world. Yeah, right. And then were you happy with the way it was edited? Did that work out well? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I'm still working out kind of what the right process is for that whole thing, because it's involving other people in your business. And it's, it's one thing to talk about it, isn't it? But actually doing yeah. it's quite overwhelming. So I think it's working out what's the right level of kind of quality control without me then just not trusting them and breathing down their necks and that kind of thing. So I've tried to sort of give them space to do it and trust them that it's being done well. But I think just things like listening through to the episode so that you know that you're happy. Because I had one issue where I remembered that my guest had said two swear words and I was like, I just, I don't really want to go there with explicit ratings for the podcast because if you, even if you have the smallest swear word, that will mean the whole podcast is explicit rated and that kind of thing. So I remembered the guest had swear, sworn twice the VAs could only find one. And so we were like, where is this other swear word? And I was like, maybe, I don't know, did, maybe they didn't say it. So I think my learning point for that is like, in your notes, as you're going through, firstly, make sure you can see the timestamp of the episode. And so if anything does happen, then write down the time when you think it happens. So that then you can say to your team, look, this is when it happens. Um, can you just check it through? Or I know that something, you know, the doorbell rang at this point or something like that. So then they're not just sort of listening to half an hour of feed and not really knowing where it's coming if that makes sense yeah totally yeah. But it's the kind of thing like when you're doing it yourself you're like well I know when the doorbell rang it was sort of between saying this and this um so it, it, again it's getting it out of your own head and equipping your team to actually do that for you and that that is a, a tricky process for me in ways that I didn't really expect so I think I, I almost found it easier when I was doing it all myself but it's just not really sustainable for me to keep doing it like that and I think I was starting to see the ways in which I was really limiting my own capability and my own time just by like wanting to cling on to it really. Yeah, hopefully that process will get better and better as you as you 
learn as you yeah, go. Yeah, I've, I've said to them, it's fine for it to be really messy for the next few months. By the time we get to January, I'm going to be sorted. We're going to be, it's going to be a smooth machine. It's going to run so well. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So what were the big tips you picked up from your days um, as a radio producer? Firstly, just know what button you're supposed to press and don't press the wrong one. That was a really big thing. But um, if you like audio editing is always visual. And so you can always see kind of the little wavy lines that indicate where the sound recording has come from. So like just help yourself out by leave. If you make a mistake, leave a decent pause and then just repeat the sentence. So that it's really obvious when you're doing the editing where to make the cut. And I think... Um, so when I first started doing podcast recording myself, I would I would make a mistake and then I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, blah, 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 and then try and just fit it in the end of the sentence. And then you're listening back and you're like, I've said that half of the word with one intonation and then the second half with another. And it just, <laughs> but then at the same time, it's never quite as obvious as you think it is. So sometimes I listen back and I've just, I've done the editing and thought, that is a mess. And then you listen back, particularly once it's been compressed, once it gets uploaded to Libsyn. And you're like, oh, yeah, you can't actually hear that at all. And it is amazing sometimes how much you can neaten things up. Like something can be really scrappy and then you edit it into just a sentence that sounds like there was never a mistake with it. And you think, oh, I wish I had this in my head all the time. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're really getting a glimpse behind the scenes now. Yeah, the, yeah, secrets, the real stuff. The secrets of audio. <laughs> yeah. But I think, um, yeah, just know that you can always tidy it up a bit, but is your goal to just have it completely perfect and never mess up and never you know, let anyone see some of that chaos behind the scenes. Because if you do it, if, you, if there's too much chaos, it can be really distracting and it sort of defeats the purpose. But I think it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, same as everything else in our businesses. It's not about like the person who does it the best is the most successful. Actually, the person who feels the best about themselves and produces something which actually engages with people, that's more important than just everything looking 100% perfect. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that authenticity and the the importance of, you know, feeling real is is greater than perfection. Mm, Definitely, definitely. I agree. Yeah, super. So what do you think is the best piece of advice you would pass on to somebody who's deliberating whether they should start their own podcast? I think don't be afraid to just jump in and do it. And you know, obviously you don't want to, you don't want to do something badly because it's poorly planned. And I think there's a right time to to do it. So it really helps me that I've had three years, four years already in my business, getting really focused on who I am, what I do, who I serve, what their pain points are. Those are just things that you sometimes have to learn over time. Um, and so I think my content, because I've been blogging for a long time and I've been creating content for my business for that period, it's been very easy to transition into podcasting. And in some ways it feels like podcasting is a more natural way to do it because it's me talking in my own voice all the time. Um, So I think just try and balance that kind of just jump in today, just do it, which I do genuinely think just don't, you know, if you, if you know that you want to do it, if, if you've got that little spark being like, I really want to try this, but I'm just scared and I don't know if I can just get used to just turning that volume on that little voice down and being like, I know, but like, what's the worst that can happen? If you do a podcast that like no one listens to, they won't, they won't know that it was bad, will they? Because they <laughs> heard it. So I think true. So, so often in our, in our businesses, I think we feel so much like everyone is watching and they're just ready to pile on all this criticism. But actually people are usually just really impressed that you had the guts to do it in the first place. Wanting to qualify that with like, make sure that you do know who your podcast is for, what your core messages are, your reason for doing it. I think, you know, 
when I've heard podcasts criticized, and this is sort of in a wider forum, but you know, people get frustrated if it's all about in jokes and if it's all just like rambly stuff that doesn't really help them and isn't really about anything. Um, but I think if you know your audience, if you know the kinds of things that they like you to talk about, mm-hmm. for me, I think the, the topics of my podcast quite often come out of either conversations that I hear people having online or things that people just come and ask me. And I think that's a really interesting topic. And I'd love to sort of do a, a podcast episode on that just because there's, there's something there that I really want to dig into a bit more. Those are the kind of things that really are, are helpful. So if, if you really feel like it's something that you want to do, just don't make a list of reasons why you can't do it. Just give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? Very little. If you buy a Blue Yeti and then you decide you don't want it, you can sell it on. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's really great advice, actually. Thank you. What I'd like to ask you now is, what does it mean to you to be a bigger fish? Oh, great question. I think something that I've been doing in my business all year this year is just starting to think, okay, so I've been, I've been doing what I've been doing for a couple of years now. I've got like one flagship program. It's going really well. I love it. It just runs out of the box. Perfect. It's more starting to think, but what's next? And so I've kind of, I've dismantled my flagship program and I've replaced it with like five new things. Um, and that's been a very, painful growing process has been very scary to do um but that for me is totally becoming that bigger fish it's like saying you know you could stay at this level quite happily but actually you're ready for more aren't you so let's stop making excuses let's actually look at what you should do rather than what you feel safe doing um and so being a bigger fish i think is just being brave enough to say maybe there's more maybe there's a next step that i should be taking yeah that's super I've learned such a lot from listening to you. It's been it's been wonderful. It's been <laughs> wonderful to hear your enthusiasm for podcasting and to hear about the successes you've had. So genuinely, I thank you for sharing all of that with me today. Um, anybody who's listening who wants to find you, where's the best place for them to to come and get hold of you? Um, so I have a website, which is jessicafernley.com. Um, on there, you can listen to all of my podcast episodes. There's also information about all of the um, services that I offer. So I have a membership program called the Business Club for Grownups, um, which is the same name as my podcast, because the things that I talk about in the podcast, I often dig into in a lot more detail in the membership program. Um, but there's all, all information about all my other coaching services and that kind of thing on my website. Um, I'm also active on Facebook, recently Instagram as well, which I'm learning to love actually. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you can find all the information about all of that by going to my website. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of your podcasts. I'm really enjoying listening to them. So um, long may you continue to podcast. And thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. Just like to say a final huge thank you to Jessica for that lovely conversation and for sharing all that insight. Thank you to you for listening to our episode too. I really hope you enjoyed it and that you learned something from it. And I hope you'll subscribe and listen to the other conversations that are coming up for you. If you want to know more about Be A Bigger Fish, you can find us at beabiggerfish.net and I'll post the links to Jessica's website so you can get in touch with her in the show notes. Thank you and see you soon.